0: I have a simple word, but a profound word that I think will bless us all. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. Turn to the book of Genesis. We're going to look at the 18th chapter of the book of Genesis. Our story of faith here, we know from from Galatians, we know from Romans, we know that Abraham has been called the father of faith. And the reason we know that, the Bible tells us that, his faith is is an example to all of us and an inspiration to all of us on how to believe God. And God used him as the the example, as the storyline and the backdrop for all of us to be encouraged in how to receive from God. We understood that God in the beginning spoke the worlds into existence, that the way God produced all that he produced was the same way he's encouraging us, the Bible tells us. That faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. We know in Hebrews 11:6 6 that without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Amen. We have to know these things. And it's extremely important for us to understand that the worlds were framed by faith. And the same faith. The Bible says this in Mark. It tells us have the God kind of faith. We're to have the God kind Look at somebody and say, you're to have the God kind. kind. That means you're to have faith like God. You and I are told in Scripture to have the faith of God or faith like God. Where God intends for us to have the faith like Him because He intends for us to have things the way He has them. He intends for us to have on earth what is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. He intends for us to be filled and full. He intends for us to have all of our needs met, nothing missing, nothing broken. Looking at somebody, just looking at somebody right now, and say, God wants you fixed, God wants you fixed. Not, broken. not broken. And look at him and say, God wants you well, God wants you well. Not, sick. not sick. And God wants you prospering, wants you and not broke. I tell you today, God doesn't want one person sitting in this seat, in any one of these seats to be broke. God wants you to have more than enough. Yes. Right. He's the God that is more than enough. His name is El Shaddai, the God that is more than enough. Lord. And He's more than enough for any need you've got. That's right. Amen. He's more than enough than any sickness you have. That's right. He's more than enough than any challenge that exists in your life. Amen. Or ever will exist. He's more than enough. And so we know that to be the case. And for us to experience it, we have to experience, we have to see how to work this thing. Got to see how this thing works. And so today, the title of my message, I just want you to get my title, Nothing is Too Hard. Look at somebody and say, Nothing Nothing. is too hard. Find somebody else. Find somebody else and say nothing. nothing. Look at them right now. I know how unpleasant this is. very difficult. I just hope everybody brushed their teeth this morning. If you didn't, if you didn't, use the little hand thing. <laughs> nothing, nothing is too hard. Amen. I like to talk about Abraham and Sarah. I like their story. First of all, I find it extremely humorous. And I'm not going to be very, reli- I, I, I'm not going to hurt the religious folks this morning. Sometimes I get a little graphic in my expression. Because I, I see two old people here. I mean, no matter how you cut it, they old. You think I laugh at it, they laughed at it. When God told Abraham, Realize this now, when when God comes to him in the 17th chapter and tells him at 75 when he had his son Ishmael, that wasn't the one. He was thinking at 75, I'm getting up there. At that moment, he's already thinking things ain't working like they used to, in a nice way of putting it. And so he decides to circumvent the plan of God in his own way, in his own efforts. And so he goes out and he finds uh, Hagar and tries to have her as a, 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 a midwife, so to speak, to carry this child. And, uh, uh, and so he, he uh, births a child through this lady and uh, we have Ishmael. But this was never God's plan. And anytime we go and try and do it on our own, we're indicated here that it's going to turn out a mess. Look at somebody and say, you do it on your own, it's going to be a mess. Now God will work with us. God will work with us. And he did with Abraham. And he did with Ishmael. And and Abraham in the 17th chapter says, Listen, I realize what you're saying. God tells him you're going to have a child with Sarah. And Abraham's looking and thinking, She's 90. And I know where I'm at. I know where I'm at. How many know we know where we're at? It's not hard to look around and see where you are. (laughs) <laughs> Amen How many of you looked at your wallet You looked at your bank account How many of you got the letters on the table mm-hmm. yep. Anybody but me Come on now You've been there right And you know where you're at And when God tells you don't you worry That's right. I know it looks bleak right. And I know it looks mighty dim And it looks hopeless Because uh-huh. the Bible says he, was, he, 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 was, uh, he had to believe in hope Meaning he had no hope He saw a hopeless situation. And we will come into our places in life, just like Abraham, where we're standing at hopelessness. And it looks like the ground can get deeper. We thought we hit bottom, and we found out we didn't. Have you ever thought you hit bottom and thought nothing could be, it can't get any worse, and then all of a sudden, bam. I mean, you thought it couldn't get any worse, and then somebody came along to make fun of you. How many know after four days when, when Lazarus was in the tomb uh-huh. and they brought Jesus to the tomb? Yeah. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's a pretty hopeless situation when you walk up and they say, hey, he stinks. I mean, decay had already set in. The body had already begun to, to decay. To the point that the smell and the odor of the decay had come and permeated the tomb and was seeping out of the edges of the stone or whatever he was in the sep- the place that he was buried. And when Jesus walked up, he walked up on a hopeless situation. That's right, yeah. He walked up where there was no hope, and yet Jesus, Hallelujah, thank Amen. God. Jesus said there is hope. He is the hope. Yes. <clears throat> I love Abraham. Abraham is a great story. Because I I just, I can't imagine. I mean, you have to understand when he's thinking about Sarah getting pregnant. There are a lot of things going through his mind. Let me add to some of what I've said in the past. He realizes that Sarah is past her prime. I mean, God tells him at 90, he's going to have, she gets pregnant, you know, in 99, right? And so God has said this to him. He's got to think about raising that kid. See, y'all ain't never thought about all that, see. He he wasn't just thinking about he was going to have the baby. How many of y'all want to raise an infant? Wipe, dipe, I'm done at 46. At 46 years old, I have had enough. I see little babies coming along and I see these little families. There was a day when I would think, oh amy wouldn't you like to have one more that don't happen no more oh i'm ready to pass it on back you understand what I'm saying? thank you beautiful i'm ready to hand that baby back i don't want to do the diaper thing i don't want to raise it no more i done reached the end does anybody know what I'm i know richard and susan may be like abraham but i'm not amen <laughs> i'm just messing around amen they're cute and all and they're beautiful you young people in here got little babies good for you they wonderful you are going to have a blast you, you are going to have a and glad it's you amen i am certain that this was abraham's thinking god are you sure do I have the energy? I think about now. I really have to work hard. I'm ready to go out now and start working on my cardiovascular work because trying to go out now on the field of play. Uh-huh. That's right. That's right. Come on. That's right. Do any of you older fellas like me understand what I'm talking about? You used to could jump like a gazelle. You could run like the wind. And you used to be the one making fun of the 30-year-old on the basketball court. Now you are the 30-year-old on the court. Uh, You you know, I I used to have full-court basketball when I was a kid. I could run up and down that court, never thought a thing about it, never get winded, never even have a problem. Just, I mean, just running and jumping and all that stuff. And, and I mean, four quarters, what's that? Five minutes is where I'm at now. (laughs) After five minutes, I just sort of lay back and, sup! (laughs) Sup! i want out i'm done maybe after another 15 or 20 i can come back you know you know what i'm trying to say abraham is here and he wasn't even 46 or 47 or 50 he wasn't even 60 he wasn't even 70 he was in his 90s hopeless hopeless situation and sarah oh my I mean, y'all got to understand, gravity works for everybody. I mean, that's the only way I know how to put it. And here we are in the 18th chapter. Here we're standing, we're looking at this, and I want you to know something today. I want you to know that no matter what your situation, and no matter what your challenge, God has a solution. And God has an answer. Amen. Glory to God. Look at some and say, God got my answer. answer. Now, some of y'all that are hiding out in the back back there, you look forward, yell at somebody, do something. Here's what it says. Listen, let's read this together. I'll read you, just follow with me. Verse 1, chapter 18, Genesis. The Lord appeared unto him, that's Abram, Abraham, in the plains of Miramar. And he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day, lifted up his eyes, and he looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them at the door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, if now I've found favor in your sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant, let me, or let a little water, I pray thee, for you be fetched, that I may wash your feet. And rest yourselves under the tree. And I'll fetch some morsels of bread and comfort your hearts. After that you shall pass on. For therefore are you come to the servant. And they said so do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened unto the tent unto Sarah. And said make ready quick three measures of fine meal. Knead it and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd. And he fetched a calf tender and good. And gave it to the young men and hastened that they dressed it. And he took the butter and the milk and the calf which was dressed and sat it before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. And they said to him, Where is Sarah your wife? And he said, Behold, she's in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind it. <laughs> See, y'all thinking I'm, I'm funny. Come on. Sarah heard that. Come on. And here was her response. <laughs> Sarah heard it. And he said, behold, and Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind it. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of woman. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself. Have you ever had it so bad in your life? I mean, I, 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 I've been here, okay, where you just sat there and went, this is awful. Have you ever been there? Has anybody, you know, I mean, you just, I mean, all you could do, I mean, I looked at my wife at one time or another and said, you know, all we can do is laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is Sarah. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. You are saying she laughed within herself. Well, at least she was smart enough not to laugh out loud. And she didn't hysterically laugh. Oh, so she laughed within herself. Saying, after I am old? I mean, we couldn't do this when I was young. <laughs> you ever seen them folks? They're about 60 years old, 70 years old. They're driving a brand new Corvette. Yes. <laughs> have you ever wondered why you couldn't have that at 20? <laughs> I know I'm not the only one. I thought, you know, money's wasted on the old. (laughs) Have y'all ever thought that? Come on. I know I'm not the only one. I'm one of these guys that sit in the mall and watch people walk by. And I see this ugly guy. You ever seen this, the ugly guy? He is as ugly. He's looking like he got hit by the ugly tree 20 times. You know what I mean? (laughs) And walking with him is this good-looking woman. The first thought is, I think I know there's hope. <laughs> People tell me there's no hope. I, Today I know there's hope. Then the next thought is, and everybody has it right, he must have money. <laughs> Y'all know I'm right. Y'all know I'm right. He must have money. And no way she's after him for that face. She did not find him for that face. He must have a nice car. <laughs> We've all thought it. Y'all saints in here. I'm just honest. I'm just willing to tell the truth. But I'm one of them people. So as I'm looking at this, I'm I'm seeing what she's seeing. She's thinking, what? Why now? But you know, I found out something about God. First of all, God's waiting on us. Had they believed and understood in an earlier age, they could have had what they had in an older age. Come on, amen. But I also know God's timing is always perfect. And I'll tell you what, you don't hand a shotgun to a two-year-old. Sometimes a Corvette in the hand of an 18-year-old might not necessarily be the best thing. A 60-year-old might know how to appreciate it and buff that thing out and keep it in the garage out the rain. You put it in an 18-year-old hand, he'd be out there riding around, cruising up down the road, wrecking it in trees and stuff. God knew that this promise that was coming to Sarah and Abraham was the world in existence it was the plan of god and for them to have that plan timing was everything men and women i tell you right now timing is everything timing is everything i remember getting started in this church as i got going in this church i thought the lord would do today what he's doing today the campuses many of our people are over there today Those of you that are here today, the buildings that we're building, the places that we're going, God is doing with our life. I thought God was going to do that on day one. But you know, if God had done that on day one, I'd have blown the whole thing. I tell you now, I wasn't prepared on day one like I am today. I didn't know then what I know today. My experience in life and with this church and with others has brought me to a wisdom that I did not have at day one. I'd have messed the whole thing up. You know, I was a, I, I, I mean, uh, I, I'm very confident now, but I was egotistical then. That's kind of funny, by the way. But I, w- I, had, I had, I must be honest with you, it had gone to my head. I think I would have blown up and I would have blown, blown out, you know. But God knows, God knows, and our hearts know, and our hearts will bring into existence in our lives what the Word in our lives is. As the word level in our life grows, as we grow in the word level of our life and our life, our experience with God grows and we have more of the word, we're more capable of faith because the word in us creates in us the image of God. Amen. And so our desires and the things that we produce and the way we take care of them will be a direct correlative relationship between the word level in our life, which is maturity, mm-hmm. amen. Amen, amen. and what we receive from the Lord. That's why faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. There are people that just just have, but they don't have God. I don't want to have and not have God. I want to have God. How many understand you got to have God? Just to have. There are a lot of rich people that ended up in a lot of messes. Just having money isn't going to solve all your problems. It, it, It does solve most problems, but it doesn't solve all the problems. So here we are. Sarah is laughing. And she, she's just amazed by the, by the discourse. She can't believe that this has been told to her. I can't imagine. I think probably there were some other things going on in her life, in her thinking. But let's just go on here. Sarah heard it from the tent door which was behind him. And Abraham and Sarah were very old and stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of a woman. Therefore she laughed within herself, saying, After I am old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord, being old also... come on see y'all think I make this stuff up and the Lord said to Abraham wherefore did Sarah laugh saying shall I surely bear a child when I am old is anything is anything too hard for the Lord's I want you to look at somebody right now, and I want you to say this. Is anything, is anything too, hard too hard for the Lord? Or the Lord? No. You know, that was a rhetorical question. He wasn't expecting an answer. He was telling them that nothing is too hard for me. We like to compartmentalize things. Have y'all ever noticed this? I'm okay with believing for five bucks. God can do that. We like to put it in perspectives that we reality-wise, because we live within a a finite world. We live within limited thinking. We live within, uh, you know, but God is not limited. He's unlimited. He's not finite. He's infinite. He's not limited to scientific discovery. He is science. And whatever he is, he will ever be, and whatever he is, it won't ever exist. He is the I am that I am. Whatever was, is, and whatever is will always be, and it will never be different. And when he says, is anything too hard for God to Sarah, he is not expecting an answer. He is telling them that I am capable of the smallest thing in your life, the hangnail in your toe. I'm capable of fixing the vocal cords in your throat. I am capable of restoring a brain-damaged child. I am capable of raising somebody that has been dead four days. I am capable for these bones to come back to life. You see, God is big enough for any challenge. God is big enough for every situation. God is large enough for the largest problem. Look at somebody and say, God is big enough. God is big enough. for it all all. nothing is too hard hard. man somebody in here ought to shout tell me what's not what God can't do you don't think God can provide you the financial wherewithal and supply your every need You don't think god can take care of your bills that are short right now you don't think god can bring in the money that you need you don't think god can prosper you even though you came from the the bottom of the box you don't think god can heal your broken heart even though you were abused as a child you don't think god can take care of that you know wait a minute don't you know don't be laughing under your breath oh now god can take care of all of it You don't think God can resurrect that dream that you had? You don't think that God can take care of the little sickness that you you have in your body? You don't think God can take that pain out of your arm? You don't think God can take care of your migraine headache? I mean, he can handle some things, but he can't. No, my God is more than enough. God can handle every problem, every situation, every disease, every sickness, every challenge, every bill every legal problem every family issue oh but you don't understand my family hate me they don't like me you don't think God's big enough to take care of your family you don't think God is big enough to handle your problem You don't think God is big enough to take care of the challenge you face? Some of you in this room, you're struggling with challenges, even with sins. Things that you want to overcome. You've got challenges in your life with with alcoholism or drug addictions or pornography. You, you, You don't think God is big enough to rip that right out of your life? To take the desire for those drugs, for that crack cocaine out of your life, for the for the heroin addiction out of your life. See, some of you, you don't know. When we sit in a room like this, there's hundreds of people. There are others that are going to be watching by internet. And you sit in these rooms and we categorize. We, we compartmentalize God as if God can handle some things, but he can't handle others. Listen to me. My God can handle everything. There is nothing my God cannot do. All things are possible to him that believes. I want to inspire you and encourage you today. I want you to leave this room knowing that no matter what you're facing, it's smaller than the God who is bigger. God is bigger, God is greater. God is stronger. I don't mean to point at nobody. I know that. I'll do it this way. And if God is for us, what does it matter? What's against us? Because the God that is greater, the God that is bigger, the God that is higher, the God that is mightier, the God that is able is right there. And he's going to do exactly what he said. He's not a man that he should lie. My God shall supply all my needs. You look at somebody right now and say, all. 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 all my needs. Is anything too hard for God? I want to give you a couple thoughts on this that I think we need to add to the knowledge that we've received this morning about, about when you're sitting there. And I know when I, when I preach, I've come to realize when people are really thinking. Because as you hear something like that rising up within you and rising up in is is the situations that you face right now as I'm preaching this I'm thinking about a bill I need to pay I'm thinking about a bill last week I believed God and Amy and I have been standing in faith you remember I've told you over and over how we've been believing God for miracles and signs and wonders and they're just something that we needed the Lord to do and last week God performed a miracle for us It was a miracle. A miracle. I've stood in the face of many miracles. And God has performed every one. Because faith can't be denied. And He is not a man that He should lie. So what do we have to do? What are some of the things? First of all, faith is going to require us to have corresponding actions. Here's what the Bible says in James 2, 17 and 18. It says, even so faith, if it is not with works, is dead being alone. <laughs> yea, a man would say, "I have, thou hast faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith with my works. The works that James is talking about are corresponding actions. And in particular, he's expressing to us that believing from God's word means that we must agree with it. To add corresponding actions to your faith, it means that you are acting in a way that lines up with what you believe from the Word. We have to make our lives line up with what we believe from the Word. I went in and cleaned out my garage. Yes, I, I got a two-car garage. One of them, I actually have three garages, and one of them is like more of a storage place. I kind of keep storage. I put all my tools in there and the lawnmower and all that. I don't know what it was for It's kind of a waste of space But works out for some of the storage stuff But I got two of them and, and I had a lot of stuff in one of the other ones And I was parking my car in one of them And we put on our agreement card Which I carry around with me See I got to hear it today with me Because I read it every once in a while to remind myself what I believe God for See, I, see I, I don't just talk about this stuff I actually I sit on the front row of church Pull it out and read it Because the Lord told me He was going to do this in my life this year See, I, you know, you, you know, you got a pastor who really believes this stuff, who preaches and teaches what he believes, who walks, who, you know what I'm saying? And so, 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 uh, I cleaned out my garage because one of the things I got on here is God. I'm believing God for a new vehicle, and yes. and I and I and on here, I'll read it to you. This is what it said. Here's what it said. I said, this is what we're believing for. I said, we're, we are believing this. Let's see, where's it? A new vehicle at the right cost at the right time. Yes. And that there will be a revelation of what best fits our family needs and our finances. Right? Because I don't want to go in debt. You ever been car poor? I've been there. Y'all ever done it? You bought over your head. You know what I'm talking about? And you forgot you had to pay insurance. Taxes. Maintain the vehicle. And so when he went in the sales office, the man sat down with you and said, just $300 a month. <laughs> then when he put on that extra, you know, we want to put the five-year plan, extended warranty for $250. And then we're going to get the tire warranty for another $175. Of course, it's financed over 30 years or whatever it is, right? And by the time you get done, your bill is actually $662 a month. Then you've got to go to the insurance company and they say, well, you done got a high dollar car right there. So this one's going to cost you $500, $600, 700 and then taxes, $1,200 a year. You don't factor all that in. But I'm not going there. I said, God, give me what is best for my family. Put it. See, that's what I was saying at the beginning of this. Sometimes we get our eyes are bigger than our faith. You don't need to be living in lust, amen, and, 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 and going after stuff that, that would make you feel good on the outside. I'll tell you what. I drove a minivan for a while, and I ain't never doing it again. <laughs> It's just hard to sexy up a minivan. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't care how many dice you put in the mirror and how mag wheel you put on it. It's still a minivan. Pastor Steve did not look cool in the minivan. But if that was what was best for me and God put it in my heart, my wife certainly could drive that minivan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Y'all, that was funny. I don't know if anybody got there. that. was funny. That was funny right there now. That, that was funny. I ain't driving that minivan. <laughs> I, I would drive it if I had to walk. I ain't walking. <laughs> and, and I don't want to ride a bike. You understand what I'm saying? So if it came down to a minivan, ride the bike and walk it, I'd do the minivan. And for those of you who drive minivans, it certainly was very practical at the time (laughs) 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 nothing wrong with practical (laughs) transportation (laughs) I am you got to act out your faith I cleaned out my garage I got everything out of there I made room for the car that I'm believing God to get us I made room and prepared I'm ready we got to be prepared we got to walk out our faith our faith has to walk out Abraham and Sarah I tell you now, they prepared a room. They got the cribs together. And whether we want to think of it th- or not, at 90 years old, at 99 years old, Sarah and Abraham walked out their faith. They didn't have artificial insemination. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? They walked out their faith. They put their faith into action. And today, you have to put your faith into action. You've got to believe God, but you've got to walk it out. You have to do it. Corresponding action. On the flip side, you can't take action that exceeds your level of faith. We have to have a level of word within us that that is high enough to give us faith. Sometimes corresponding action just simply means resting in God and what He has already told you and thanking Him for the promise even before you see it. Ask the Holy Spirit to show it to you. 3 John 2 is something we all need to know. This is another part of this. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You need to know that God's plan is for your total well-being. Amen. Not just for some of your well-being, that it's for your total well-being. Amen. That what God wants to do is benefit you spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Spirit, soul, and body. All of you. 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers God wants you to have total restoration total blessing total healing total everything in your life fulfilled and met when you know that when you look at your life if that's not the case tell me is there anything too hard for God what is God saying he's saying that I am big enough for your total blessing what about this God Has only good things for us. We need to know that God expects. And what God gives is good. It's good. James 1.16. One of the great scriptures that you need to memorize in your life. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Isn't that right? My beloved brethren. Every good gift. And every perfect gift. Comes down from the Father of lights. With whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Don't you ever succumb to the idea that God is working through bad to get you good. Amen. Reject it with everything that is within you. If it ain't good, ain't it ain't God. Amen. Look at somebody, just say that out. If it ain't good, it ain't, good. Ain't it ain't God see what most people they'll still tell you they believe this they believe Pastor Steve I believe what you said God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above I believe that everything is good I, uh, but God sometimes uses negative things to make things right folks I tell you God will never use a negative thing to make something right because all things work together for good we know that so negative things may come but they come from the world the flesh and the devil they don't come from God but God said he put all those things under our feet God's we need to know you need to know that every good gift every good gift and every perfect gift that's God comes from the Father of lights and he does not change and he will never change if it ain't good it ain't God and we need to know this you need to know this because don't ever succumb don't ever come down don't let any preacher tell you God will beat you up to make you better that ain't the God we serve that ain't good. God's only good. Don't you ever let anybody preach to you. Don't it ever sit under. I mean, I mean. don't get me wrong. I'm not going to get up and walk out, but I'm going to reject it. I'm not gonna, I wouldn't make my church home somewhere where somebody preached to me and taught me that God would take me through wildernesses, beat me up, tear my hair out, give me cancer, take my car away, wreck my refrigerator so that I could know him better. No, he said he gave his word, and that's how I know him. His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Faith does not come because I went through a bad experience. Faith comes by hearing the word and hearing of the word brings faith. You don't grow because of bad experiences. They may help you in the natural, but you grow by the sincere milk of the word. That's the Bible. We don't grow by experiences. We grow by the word. Reject it. When it comes to knowing that God is our everything and that we have no need and is anything too hard for God, we have to know it's good. That's right. Amen. I'm wrapping up. I've just got a, one more thing to say to you. Don't be deceived. Last thing. One thing that plagues every single one of us. This is my final point. And that we all deal with when it comes to knowing God is true and that God is able and that God will do it is fear. Is there often times when we're standing there I stood recently in front of something, a situation that was in my life, and, it, and, and, and fear potentially came. I could have let it in. If it don't get better by Monday, we're done. You ever been there? You ever been where you just, you, well, that's a lie from the devil? Because <laughs> God will take care of you and he will help you. It may be bad, but God is going to take care of you. Listen to this. Here's what it says. Psalm ninety-one eleven. I love this. Oh, let's, let's talk about fear first. First Peter 3, 6 says, Like Sarah, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her master, you are her daughters. If you do what is right, don't give way to fear. Don't give way to fear. Here's Isaiah 41 and 10. Fear not. I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, yes, I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous hand. God will strengthen us, he will help us, he will keep us, and he will watch over us. And though it may be bad, when midnight comes, there's joy in the morning. Joy in the morning hallelujah God is for us and, and, and to finish this off let me tell you something that I know Psalm ninety one eleven says this for he will give his angels charge over thee to accompany you and defend and preserve you in all your ways and service when you turn that corner there's an angel at the side of that car When you're at that stoplight and you're about to pull through, there's an angel right there at the front of that car when your children go to school, there's an and they'll put a break on it. They'll put a stop on the enemy. The angels of God came to encamp round about you and protect you in all of your ways. Don't you think for one minute that you are on this planet alone and that you're walking through life and that there's no defense and no protection for you. God has sent his angels to watch over you. The angels of the Lord encamp round about you. They're watching over you. They're protecting you. They're keeping you. God has prepared a way to keep you safe and watch over you. They're there to put a stop to it. They're there to say no to the devil. They're there to put a barrier to the enemy. You're safe. You're protected. He that abides in the shadow of the Almighty shall say of the Lord. He is my strength, my refuge, my present help in time of trouble. Our God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, abound. Is there anything too hard for God?